Dodgers pulls up, three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good! Dodgers wins the game at the buzzer! When 6.15 hits, nothing is off the table. This is No Boundaries with Zach Donaldson and Connor Griffin, live on Com Radio. What's up, danger? Like, what's up, danger? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, into No Boundaries, Episode 5. Connor Griffin, joined by Zach Donaldson and our phenomenal board op shadow, Dylan Price. How are we doing today, boys? Are we doing okay, Zach? Doing, doing fantastic. Good? Yeah, it feels great to be back in here after um, couldn't swing it last week. Both got a little too busy, had prior obligations, but great to be back. A lot, a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff to talk about in a condensed show, however. We do have to get off at 641 is the deal I struck <laughs> with Jake Starr and Andre McGarrow, our beloved uh, beloved general managers, because yeah. we uh, yeah we need to get off the air for women's basketball coming on at 7. Mac Young and Josh Bartosik are the two broadcasters we got for that game. Of course, the Lady Lions kicking off their 2021-2022 slate at the Bryce Jordan Center, so definitely be sure to uh, to stick around after our show. And we'll bring you that live coverage over at the BJC. So, Zach, we'll get right into it. Uh, NFL, weird week in the NFL. Very weird week. I guess we could start off with the Birds. The Birds lost 27-24 to the Los Angeles Chargers. Honestly, I'm shocked it was even that much of a game. Put up a pretty good fight. Painful loss. Uh, Personally, this is why I, I feel so terrible as an Eagles fan. I'm rooting for the Eagles to lose a lot of the time. Just because I've already chalked this up as a lost season. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not winning the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I just want them to pull a Sixers 2013-2014, just roll over and lose so we get better players. That's my opinion. So I I was happy to see them lose. Overall, though, what were your takeaways from Sunday's game against the Chargers? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, the better the draft pick, the better is my um, kind of my mindset for this season. looking good as well because the Colts and the, the, the especially the Dolphins are, are not looking not looking great so correct but anyways the game on Sunday it was a good loss I uh, <laughs> it was a good loss. it was a good loss you know I'll be, because I've said it many times before on the show and I've, I know I've repeated it to myself um, a plethora of times this year I'm just looking for growth this is the young team that I think has the potential to be something I'm not quite sure what yet but you know, it's always great when you when you get to see growth, and um, it was a valiant effort against a, a a pretty good Chargers team. You know, maybe they've skidded a, a little bit recently, but Eagles made it a game for sure, and it was just a couple plays away from from actually securing that victory. I think personally, I think it was Nick Sirianni's best game as a coach. I would agree. Um, you know, I don't know if you want to talk Week One Falcons, but I think that was just weird and fluky. Um, but this one, I think, definitely was Nick Serrani's best game as a coach from from first quarter to for, to fourth. Um, but I, I, I won't waste much time on that. I want to talk about Hurts because that's really where I saw um, a, a lot of 
not growth, but just I, I liked. I don't know. I I just liked I liked what he did. I I really did. You know, the the numbers didn't jump off the page, but I I, I like what he's. I like what he's doing with his legs. You know, I, I, I wish he would develop some more faith in his pocket and not bail so fast and, and you know, read his progressions a little bit quicker. But I really like what he did with his legs, and he, I don't think he did too much, and that's what I think he's been doing. Um, you know, most of his rushes, he, he ran for a lot of first downs. Yeah. And I, I found this stat on Twitter, and I thought it was pretty pretty mind-blowing. The most rushing first downs in the NFL this year, Derrick Henry has 50. Jonathan Taylor has 49. Jalen Hurts is next with 36. Really? Lamar Jackson follows him up with 36 and Nick Chubb with 34. But anyways, yeah, I, I, I like that. Um, that's that's something that a, a lot of quarterbacks can't do. And, you know, I, I think he's really displaying the intangibles, just leading the offense. And, you know, the deep ball still needs work. He, he missed Goddard, which could have been a touchdown. He missed Smith in the end zone, could have been a touchdown. Um, so obviously there's things that you can nitpick each week, but overall I, I, I saw growth and cause he's, he's essentially, you know, essentially a rookie. I said, I've said, I think I've said this before. I think Patrick Mahomes really skewed everyone's view on what a first or second year quarterback should be. That's um, right. And yeah, I, I'm liking what I, what I saw this season. Um, or not, not this season, but, uh, well, kind of this season, but definitely last game. Um, I don't know if you want to, uh, I won't go on too further, but then just the defense was just absolutely atrocious. Well, and, it's always it. Yeah. It's the Eagles' defense. <laughs> Jonathan, I, I still don't Jonathan trust Gannon. Gannon. I still don't trust Gannon. I, no. I don't care how many good games he you know had. Or I mean, really, it was only one or two where we're like, oh yeah, no, that actually was not a bad game. It wasn't like we we're saying, oh my god, he was spectacular. It was like, yeah, it wasn't bad. So I'm by, not going to yeah. let those not bad games dictate you know how I feel about him. I still think that yeah, he's in over his head, much like most of this coaching staff. The, the two things that stood out to me, though, 176 yards on the ground. They mm-hmm. have not abandoned that, which I, I was fully prepared for them to do. I was like, okay, they had one good game rushing the football. I 100% believe that they're just going to ditch the run again and not come back to it. But they did stick with what was working against Detroit, and they were running the football very effectively. Also, no turnovers. No turnovers. Yeah, always like that. And uh, penalties, only three of them. So this is a young team going up against a very good opponent. Granted, it was home field, so you know who knows? Maybe it's different on the road, but they were running the football very well. They weren't committing penalties, and they were holding on to the football. They weren't turning the ball over, weren't giving the Chargers any extra chances. So I, I have to give them credit in that regard. I, I've called this team undisciplined and poorly coached. Those are yeah. a couple of things right there that reflect – actually rather good coaching and a a pretty disciplined team so definitely have to give them credit right there um who do the Eagles play next week I gotta look that up oh yeah that's a good question actually I'll get it up but any other thoughts on uh on the game as a whole or I think it's Denver it's Denver or Oakland is it Denver I think it's Denver I think Uh, it's a 425 kick um I'm being told by yes Dylan Price in my ear um (laughs) that it is Denver at 425 confirmed. That'll be interesting. They stomped on the Cowboys. But, I mean, hey, if they – I mean, that, that passing attack, that came out of nowhere in Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I know. Um, we shall see how the, how the defense holds up. I think it could be a semi-winnable game. Um, I, I'll, I'll throw this stat in here because I wanted to squeeze it in that I saw right now the Eagles are allowing 75.5% of op- opposing quarterbacks' passes to be completed, which is the worst mark in the NFL right now. And if the season ended today, it'd be the worst in league history. Beautiful. So, yeah, there's that. 
But yeah, you brought up how the Cowboys were just thrashed. Since we do, you know, we are on a little bit of a time crunch. I just want to go through some of the scores. You caught it in our like pre-show rundown as we were going through like what we were going to talk about. He was like, "This is the week of the upset in the NFL." Yeah. Absolutely correct. First of all, wild game. We can get into this, Dylan. Uh, your Jets obviously lost 45-30 to 30 to the Colts. Um, but, again, we'll get back to that. One game I was totally shocked by, uh, Browns-Bengals. Yeah. Browns had been reeling. There was all this drama surrounding Odell Beckham Jr., drama surrounding Baker Mayfield, what his future involvement with the team is going to be. They come out and they win 41-16 over the Bengals, a very good football team. Uh, Broncos beating the Cowboys handily. Falcons beating the Saints. Giants beating the Raiders. Jaguars beating the Bills nine to six. What is what's up with that man? That just goes to goes to show you this is a wacky week. Yeah, and then uh, a really weird game between the Chiefs and the Packers. Yeah. That was not uh, the the most. Uh, it was but not the easiest game to watch uh, overall. And oh, especially no, yeah. Jordan Love making his first start, and then uh, Titans taking it to the Rams. And then last night with the the Steelers and Bears, it wasn't necessarily an upset, but. I mean, that was just a kooky game all around. Mm-hmm. So it was some very, very questionable. One of the more questionable games as it comes to officiating that I have seen in my lifetime, the yeah. one on Cassius March as the referee seemingly stuck out his hip. And then, of course, March, as he's running by the referee, bumps into the hip of that referee, flag thrown. Uh, what, what the heck is that? Yeah. Did, were you watching that game? Was anybody here? Were you watching that game? Dylan, here, I'll turn your uh, your mic on. Here we go. Boom. Feel free to offer up any opinions. Hey, take it any way you want. Um, I would say it was a very good, all in all, comeback from the Steelers. Uh, Najee Harris is an animal. I think that's been proven and that that pick was actually a phenomenal selection from them. But I think the officiating was terrible in that game. Just atrocious. And, I mean, yeah, the highlight was the Cassius Marsh play where he literally just bumped into the ref mm-hmm. and drew a flag. But I think overall the officiating ruined what ended up being an actually pretty solid Monday night football game towards the back half. But, I mean, Justin Fields actually looked pretty strong at times. And, I mean, all in all, I felt like it was kind of one of those games it was a good loss for the Bears, but they probably should have won. And uh, the Steelers somehow kind of eke out a win. And a lot of the credit, I feel like, should go to Harris. Yeah, no, uh, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth. I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, two touchdowns Pat, on the Fryer night for him. Monster. Um, so, yeah, no, absolutely. They really had a home run in multiple areas in the draft. And when it comes to the Bears, I, I think I agree 100%. And, uh, yeah, I will say, just going off of that, I am not a huge fan of Monday Night Football, of what the product has been the past couple of years. I mean, I've said forever that Sunday Night Football with Collinsworth and Al Michaels, overall, just the, the production, even if it's a crappy game. I still love watching that. Monday Night Football, not necessarily the same, but that was a very entertaining game. Uh, even without a Manning cast, there was no Manning cast in the yeah, game last night. Um, so I thought it was very entertaining. Any other entertaining games that you were watching this weekend that you wanted to come on here and discuss overall? Whew, yeah, there was a lot. I mean, Eagles played at, at 425, so my 1 o'clock, um, I was watching Red Zone. So I was Red Zone. The, Hanson. The seven hours of commercial-free football, baby. You cannot beat it. Um, but yeah, I was watching, I was watching that. So there was just a lot of upsets. Um, I, I mean, I could go off. I don't know, just, we don't have, we're a little short on time, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to waste time. <laughs> All right. We could go to a commercial break. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Commercial. We're a very loose show. We could do what we want. Um, but yeah, we'll go to a commercial break. I mean, no. what? Yeah. You just got to go right, to commercial. We're going. We're going. <laughs> 
No boundaries right here on Com Radio. Let's talk some Penn State football next. Or maybe we don't. Who cares? We don't care. It's a, it's we'll a very Stay tuned. Yeah, very uh, topsy-turvy show today. But, yeah, this is No Boundaries right here on Com Radio. And uh, definitely stick around. Hey, Cade. Hey, I'm know that Mr. Rogers was a pastor before his television show? No, I didn't. Well, did you also know that Ted Bundy escaped prison two different times? Wait a minute. This is a lot coming at me right now. How do you know all this? I listen to our talk show, Documentary Deep Focus. Oh, the one every Tuesday at 445? That's it. Well, I can't wait to see you there. Tune in on Com Radio to hear what Emily and I find out this week on Documentary Deep Focus. Oh no, it's a Wednesday afternoon. There's no football on. Where are you going to get your football fix? Well, we've got you covered right here on Com Radio. Every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Tune in to First and Ten with Trevor Grady and Chris S. They'll tell you everything you need to know about the world of football each week. That's Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. right here on Com Radio. Are you looking for one place to catch up on all the latest news from this past week? Well, look no further, because the Com Radio News Team has you covered. Listen live to the Pulse of Penn State every Sunday from 11 to 11.30, where we dive in on the latest happening around Penn State and across the nation. Again, that's 11 to 11.30 on Sundays. Be sure to tune in every single week. You won't want to miss it. Media Center. It's Zach Donaldson and Connor Griffin talking all sports, anytime, any place, no boundaries. Right here on Com Radio. And we are back here on No Boundaries, as Zach just alluded to in that majestic bump with Save Your Tears by uh, the weekend in the background. Connor Griffin, Zach Donaldson, Dylan Price also joining us today. Let's shift it to some Penn State football. They get the win. In College Park, 31-14, a game that I was fortunate enough to call with my good buddy Andrew Destin. Jeff Brown, downtown Jeff Brown, uh, also in attendance as our advisor for the weekend. And uh, definitely had a good weekend in College Park. I was saying a little bit beforehand, maybe because I'm just a little bit spoiled because we're in State College all the time and I love this place. But College Park definitely uh, was underwhelming, in my opinion. But overall, game was very entertaining, wild game. First half, of course, was a defensive struggle, which I don't know if anybody was anticipating. But uh, seven to six to end the first half, there was the whole debacle for I don't know what was going on to end the half, where James Franklin is is pretty lackadaisical, not using timeouts as Penn State had pretty decent amount of time to score, and then yeah. finally calls a timeout with three seconds left on the clock, and you're thinking, okay, maybe they're trying to take a deep shot downfield, and then they come out and kneel it. And it's a very uh, discouraging way to go into the half, but then eventually Penn State, they come out, and they win 31-14. to 14. They took over in the second half, and a couple of huge defensive plays as well. This defense is filthy. Um, trying to think, what's the most? Well, I guess the most points they've given up this year was 33 to Ohio State. But outside of that, what was it, 20 to Auburn? Like, they're constantly mm-hmm. giving up points in the teens, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, definitely absolutely. great performance from them. Offense showed some signs of improvement. So uh, I'll pitch it to you, Zach. I mean, what were your thoughts watching that game and 
How do you how do you feel headed into this week as we lead up to Michigan on Saturday? Well, Vegas seems to feel pretty good because Penn State's favorited by one point right now. Yeah, kind of, uh, kind of ridiculous if, if I'm being honest, but um, that might change. I, I bet it will change. Um, change in which way? To favor Michigan. Really? I think so. Wow. Really? Go on. Go on. Well, I mean, just there. There is very that that game that was a nail biter. That was. That was the closest. I think it was a. I mean, Iowa set aside Iowa, but that that was a nail biter. And I was I, I was nervous, you know, because I mean Franklin's two and two against against Maryland since he's been here. So, and I, I think a a loss a loss to Maryland that would have been. I don't know. That would have been tough to tough to overcome um, in terms of like a, a a program and as a team and as a coach uh, for Franklin. Um, but anyways. Um, where do I even begin with, with that game? I mean, I feel like it's only fitting. Jahan Dotson. Yeah. 242 yards, three touchdowns. Where would this Penn State team be without Jahan Dotson? I mean, the defense defense was good. Um, it's absolutely shut down in the red zone, man. I don't think I've ever seen a, a defense as, as good in the red zone as Penn, this, this Penn State unit. It's it's locked down. Um, Jair Brown obviously coming up, coming away with a, the big play at the end. Um and sealing the deal ultimately for Penn State, but I think this game really comes down to to John Dotson. I mean, I mean, what a what a decision it was for him to come back because it, yeah. if if Sean doesn't get hurt, if Sean Clifford doesn't get hurt in in that Iowa game and is himself in in the Illinois game, I'll, I'll go as further say John Dotson will be in the Heisman conversation, certainly in the Blitnikoff conversation, yeah. if not leading it right now. I mean. Every time this guy has the ball in his hands, it could go for a touchdown. Absolutely electric playmaker. And he was just so confident. He took over that game. I don't think I've ever seen a wide receiver take over a game yeah. like Jahan Dawson did versus Maryland. Now, credit Sean Clifford. He made the throws um, as well. You know, he, he stood in there. He was tough. You know, he didn't have the greatest game. Missed some throws as well. Um, he gets happy feet. Whenever he gets pressured... Yeah. Just gets happy feet, and 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 the ball ends up sailing, or is, is is off target. So if he gets that fixed, you know he could be, he could be a pretty pretty darn good quarterback. I think he's pretty good already, but he definitely could be better. Um, but yeah, that that game that that game comes down to Jahan Dotson and his impact that he makes on on offense, and it's it's incredible to see. Yeah. We'll see how he how he ends his you know Penn State career, but. He's got he's got a little bit of everything. He's got you know the the speed of KJ. He's got the 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 deep throw. You know Allen Robinson. He's a little bit of all the all the you know the recent Penn State studs at wide receiver. He, I feel like he's just all of that in one. His verticality too, and his hands mm-hmm. are hands, wild. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, I hate to halt this conversation, but I'm going to send Dylan. Dylan, could you possibly go outside? I don't know if people can hear this on the air. Our studios have been so whack, and there's a ringing whenever this door doesn't fully shut. That door right there. go. You could go over and just slam that thing. Make sure it's shut. Thank you so oh, much. You We're in a new studio, folks. <laughs> nice kids. I didn't know that's what that was from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a problem all week. I don't know why. Um, but we got the ringing out of the way, so apologies if that was irritating you at all. Um, it was irritating me for sure. 
Dylan, since you were so kind to go do that favor for us, I'm going to pitch it to you. Overall, uh, your thoughts on the Maryland game, and are you sharing that same level of skepticism about this week that uh, that Zach is? So you saw me nod my head yes. I was agreeing with Zach. I think that I, I'm not necessarily as skeptic for this game as I would have been coming out of like the Illinois game, mm-hmm. but I would say us being favored by one is a little surprising nonetheless, and... I think coming out of the Maryland game, which I got a chance to go to as a fan and enjoy, and I the stadium, I would agree, and just the overall feel, it's I think we're spoiled here. It wasn't the same and kind of underwhelming. And I think it was, I would say, a very good offensive performance from John Dotson and certain aspects of it. I, like you said, Zach, Clifford keeps getting happy feet, and that does scare me going into this weekend with Aiden Hutchinson breeding down his neck. And then on the defensive side of the ball, though, I have a lot of optimism, though, because it was a great performance this week. They really shut down Maryland. And once again, as you said, Connor, this has been a great season from them. They've held teams, and I think they're going to be able to keep Michigan close all game. And I think it's going to come down to can Clifford step up in the pocket and make the throws this week with guys in his face all game? Because I do believe they have a really strong defensive front in there in Michigan. And I think if they can make the plays, they'll win the game. But I am a little skeptic going in into it but you know we'll see what happens i i think that penn state wins this game comfortably comfortably do you really interesting just look, see, i thought we'd win the i thought penn state would win the maryland game comfortably i i understand that i understand that i mean hey scoreboard technically penn state covered i that, granted yep. scoreboard different from the actual feel of the game mm-hmm. but covered against maryland yeah. penn state this year and it's unfortunate because, of course, James Franklin has preached 1-0. We treat every game the same. They have played down to their level of competition. They have. Mm-hmm. Played great against Wisconsin in the second half, at least. Um, played great against Auburn. Played great against Ohio State. They actually played really well against Iowa in that first half, but then obviously yeah. Clifford goes out and things change. But Illinois, Maryland, you could look at parts of the Ball State game, parts of the Villanova game, even against Indiana. They, they have played down to their competition to the point where you're sitting there watching this game like this game should not be as close as it is or why is the offense struggling so much when you see them against Ohio State and against Iowa and against all these good teams have a lot of success offensively. They play down to the level of competition, which is why I do not think they are going to struggle as much in this game, even though it is against a better team. You know, Michigan is a, a far better team than a Maryland or an Illinois or whatever the case is. But I do think this team is going to be jazzed up I think they're going to be fired up, ready to play, even though it is a noon kick and theoretically, you know, could be a little bit sleepy. I don't think that's going to be the case at all. I think they're going to come out. I think they're going to, again, comfortably beat the Wolverines. And if they don't go tempo, because, I mean, when Penn State goes tempo against any team, it works. You have to be kidding me. People shut that door. The ringing is going off again. I'm sending Dylan out again. I'm in the middle of my spiel here. People don't close the door and the ringing goes off. Gosh, you are the man, Dylan. Dylan's shaking his head. He's fed up with it. What will we do without you here? We're, we're, we're going to send out a memo to Com Radio people. Shut the dang door. Um, but anyway, you know, I think overall when Penn State goes tempo, they are sure. very hard to beat. Yeah. And particularly against this Michigan team, you watch the, the Michigan State game, the amount of times that Michigan State forced illegal substitution penalties from Michigan because they were just going tempo the whole game, it was unreal. It was a great strategy because Michigan, kind of similar to how with Don Brown a couple years ago, they were so adamant on having one-on-one situations, corner, wide receiver, 
just leave your corners out on an island. It's a similar situation here. They're so stubborn in the way they approach their defense. They are adamant on substituting, even if the opposing team, the opposing offense, is not substituting. So if they were, you know, trying to, to get somebody off of the field and Michigan State was trying to go tempo, Michigan State would just snap the ball and Michigan didn't have the proper amount of people on the field. They yeah. were shorthanded or they had 12 or 13 men. So if you're Penn State, you absolutely have to take advantage of that. And you're already having success going tempo as it is. So go tempo, have success, but also force penalties that I mean, Michigan has no option to, to counter unless they change their entire defensive philosophy. So I yeah, think you're going to see uh, a pretty solid offensive performance, and I think the defense is really going to cause Michigan some problems. So I, yeah. I think comfortably Penn State wins it in Beaver Stadium on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I mark think. It. Yeah, sorry, we done. No, mark it. Just mark it. Mark it. Sharpie it in. Zach, mark it. It's been marked. Thank you. No, yeah, I, I certainly, you know, I think there's definitely a good chance that that Penn State does does win this game. And another thing that that could be in Penn State's favor, you know, injuries haven't worked for the Nittany Lions so far this year. But Michigan got a little banged up last week. Yep. Versus Indiana. Yep. Cade McNamara, you know, a couple running backs, wide receivers, a couple players on defense, you know. Status is unknown for sure right now, but, you know, it's something to keep an eye on uh, going into to Saturday. So maybe that has to has something to do with the line. Penn State now with a, a win under their belt after a tough three-game stretch. Some momentum yep. moving after, you know, some big plays and a momentum game, uh, even though, yes, it was not an ideal win, still was a win, and there was – I think some great stuff to build off of from that game. It's the the whiteout number two White at, at Beaver Stadium. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh, whatever it is. And I, I think also chance to end Michigan season right here. Michigan still in the hunt for the playoff, technically speaking. Um, even though, yes, they're farther down in the rankings. If they were to win out, they're in the playoff. But yeah. Penn State can end that this week, and I think they do. That would be satisfying. So – that being said, it's around 6.30. we got to go to a break. We'll come back with some NBA talk, and then we will uh, sign off before women's basketball kicks off in a little bit on Com Radio. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Anyone ever have a bad case in the Mondays? Sure, it can be tough going back to work or to school after a nice weekend, but I think I know a way that can sweeten up your day a little bit. Tune into New York State of Mind. It's on 7 to 8 every Monday night. Not only that, we'll tune you right into the Monday Night Football action with a little preview. New York State of Mind, here on Com Radio. Have you or a loved one suffered from a disappointing NFL team? Are you a victim of tanking for the draft? Are you a Jets fan? you may be entitled to full access to State College's top sports show, The Lunch Break, hosted by Dugan Lloyd and Chip DeFalco. Tune in Mondays from 12 to 12.30 p.m. Don't let the system win. Can the Tampa Bay Lightning win three straight Stanley Cups? Can the Philadelphia Flyers bounce back after last season? Or how will the Seattle Kraken do in its inaugural campaign? These are questions that can only be answered on the Sin Bin with Jacob Cheris and Jordan Hessian. Tuesdays from 7.30 to 8.30 right here on Com Radio.
Welcome back into No Boundaries with Zach Donaldson and Connor Griffin right here on Com Radio. Let's have a final segment, man. Connor Griffin, Zach Donaldson, Dylan Price here at the Belisario Media Center. Talking some NBA, I suppose. We'll gravitate more towards that. Uh, the Sixers, man, they're getting jobbed. What's going on with the Sixers, man? I mean, Joel Embiid, health and safety protocols. Tobias Harris had to, you know, go through health and safety protocols. Ben Simmons obviously still out. Oh, mm-hmm. we want to talk about that. Ben Simmons possibly going to the Celtics. That was thrown around. Yeah. I think that's been uh, set to bed by now because I think Daryl Morey was asking for a lot. But he's still in trade talks, and I, I think there's going to come a point where he's going to have to come back and play for the Sixers if he wants to come out of here. But at the same time, this team is actually doing really well, aside from the health and safety stuff and some of the injuries and yeah. some of the guys missing, you know, not critical time in the beginning of the season, but they're still missing time. Mm-hmm. Still, I, I think there's a situation. Would you be fine with Ben Simmons if he were to be fully in the right mindset coming back to this team considering how well they've played without him so far? The, the, this team is one of the best teams in the in the NBA right now, definitely mm-hmm. among the best in the East. Yeah, I mean, you look at the season that the Sixers have had to this point, um, seven, seven and three, eight and three, uh, but nonetheless, two losses to the Knicks. One last yeah. night. Um, oh, excuse that one last yeah, night. Yeah, I mean that was oh, all in all that was a, a good performance. You know, yeah. minus Embiid, no Harris. Um, so solid showing, great effort from from the squad. Then the the Nets blew a lead to the Nets early on in the league, early on the season. Then another loss to the Knicks. But bottom line is this team is good. I, this is in the last three. It was three years, three, four years when the Sixers have actually been relevant. At the beginning of the season, this is the best that I've felt. Um, yeah. And, you know, I can't, you know, even with all the stuff that, that Ben has put the team through and everything, I can't help but think of how good this team would be with a player, you know, like him in the right mindset back on the court um, to some capacity. Yeah, you know, I, I know his offensive inabilities have, have stunted the team in the past, but like you said, he's going to have to come back to play at some point. Yes. I, I can't imagine that a, a deal gets done without him playing, or like a, a good deal gets done without him playing. Um, so yeah, but I mean, outside of that, I, I really, I really love what I've seen from this team so far. I agree. Uh, I said last week, I was like, yeah, it's a very fun team. I like watching the team. I don't know if they're championship caliber. Definitely can make a run in the playoffs. But now, as I've started to look more across the league, I'm like, yeah, like they're really among the best, and their performances have been really solid consistently so far this year. Yeah. They, they haven't had like a dud. It's going to be you know, it's like, Oh, my yeah. God. So, I mean, I think that this is definitely a team. I'm starting to, yeah, to turn yeah. around. It's still obviously very young in the season, but could very well be a championship contending team and could be a team in the East that causes a lot of problems to the Nets, to the Bucks. I'm going to go on record and say that the Bucks are not making it out of the East this year. Um, yeah, I mean they have not. It's a very slow start to the season for them. They probably fluke year probably last tonight, year, but fluke year last year. Yeah. Terrible. I mean, frauds. Overrated. I'll give Giannis his performance in the finals, but outside of that, I'll even that fraudulent, fraudulent, fraudulent. They're not <laughs> fifty points in the game six. That's fraudulent. Fraudulent. Man. <laughs> they're they're not having any success. Yeah, no, no. From this point forward, I mean, uh, yeah. Sixers or Nets, they're coming out of the East, and I think the Sixers definitely have a good shot. Yeah, I mean, 
people a lot of people say the Bulls too. Sixers took took care of business both time under undermanned. Yeah, I know. As well. I do like the Bulls. I was yeah. I was flirting with getting a uh, a number six black pinstripe Alex Caruso Bulls jersey. <laughs> that would have been really nice. That'd be tough. It's it's cool to see him like literally like taking up the same role that he had in the Lakers. On oh, the yeah. Bulls. oh yeah. Speaking of uh the Lakers though, let let's shift West Coast. Last night, Steph Curry, fifty points. What was it ten assists, seven boards? Yeah. Wild. And yeah. he's the oldest person to ever have a fifty and ten game at thirty three years old, which is crazy to think how he's right. thirty three. Um, because he still comes across to me as somebody who's so young. But yeah, he's been in this league a, a really, really long time and he's still putting up numbers like that and the Warriors are looking pretty solid and I yeah, I think yeah. they're gonna be a team in the West that they they might be back to championship form. Yeah. I, I don't know. No Clay Thompson. Late, late, yeah, later down no the road, Watson. they could be championship form. I mean, nine and one, they've had they've had a heck of a start. And like I just said, no Clay Thompson, no Wiseman. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Yes, yeah, no Curry. Curry showed up. Any anytime, I feel like he he was he was he was prepared for that that matchup with Trey Young. Anytime, you know, you got to let the 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 young guys know. You got to show up the the young prodigies. Prodigies dropping fifty ten and seven, unbelievable. How about um? Did you see the Nikola Jokic thing yeah. yesterday? <laughs> what was that about? Do we I, know what happened with him? Did he get a suspension? I I I haven't seen I haven't seen it uh, yet. I know that they both got ejected. Um, yeah, I think he just got caught up in the moment though. I think definitely. But Morris did give him a little check before that, which we know Morris has had his history as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Markeith Morris as Nikola Jokic was attempting like a half court shot, goes up and checks him. When you watch from the the broadcast, when you're watching a live, didn't come across as anything egregious, but then you watch it from behind, yeah, and yeah, you see, <laughs> oh, that's a complete cheap shot on Jokic, but for Jokic to come back, and I'll, I'll demonstrate on Dylan Price right to my right to my right, he comes up and then he just goes. Boom! With the elbow, and like fully plows into Marquise Morris yeah. from behind, and I was like, "You can't be doing that! Nah. Can't be doing that!" Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked to see him get suspended after an act like that. Uh, but I think his overall frustration was warranted. How he dealt with that frustration, not warranted. Yeah, definitely heat of the moment. Just got caught up. Well, it's definitely weird to yeah. see a guy like Jokic, Jokic do that yeah. too. I did not think that he had that type of temper. But he did that in the playoffs too, didn't he? But that was also some, you, yeah. he was down like four or three games to nothing That's or whatever. True. That's true. Um, they, I, I understand that level of frustration, but in a completely meaningless regular season game early in the season, okay, you yeah. get bumped. You know, I, I'd be pissed off, but don't check the guy with your elbow <laughs> yeah. straight into straight into his lower back. Post, uh, post him up next possession or something. Yeah, post up him or something. Post up, man. Uh, Anyway, we we got to wrap up, but uh, I'll, I'll toss it to you, Zach. Anything that you want to address? I'm kind of catching you off guard. Anything cool you saw in the news? Ooh, um, ooh, ooh. There's a, I mean, there's a, there's a lot. Uh, what about <laughs> you? See the Twitter blue? That's so today. dumb. Yeah, <laughs> you think it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. They're they're literally three bucks, three dollars a month to not even not even edit tweets or you know, it's just to you know delay the the posting so you can look at it together. The, What's the point of that? And change the icon and the, um, the the color of the. I don't know. I think it's unnecessary. But I mean, I don't know. Three dollars a month. I don't know. I just I it it surprised me. Twitter is just trying to you know make some money or, or something. Well, also Twitter implemented the new 
it's not just, you know, you could have a timeline that's chronological. You could mm-hmm. have a timeline similar to Instagram where it's like the most relevant posts. I'm like, who's deciding if this is relevant exactly. for me? <laughs> like, I, I'll decide if it's I'll relevant decide. for me. And I hate it so much. So all these apps are changing. I will say um, one thing that dropped on social media this week was the Spider-Man No Way Home poster. Ooh, uh, yeah. And December I'm expecting 17th, a trailer sometime soon. But uh, I think that Sony and Marvel right now are fighting over how much to show in the trailer. I don't want to know anything. Obviously, there are yeah, a bunch I, of reports that Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, all these guys are going to be in it. But we did see Green Goblin uh, on the poster, which is pretty yeah, cool. Doc so we'll, Ock we'll get Doc Ock, Green Goblin, and then um, I'm sure you know a handful of other people in this. And it should be very, very exciting. Going to be a yeah. fun end of the year at the movies. Um, and, yeah, that was just very nice to see. You know, I'm not just a sports guy, you know. I'm pop culture. We're multidimensional here. Yeah. Multidimensional like the multiverse. Oh. I totally meant to do that. Yeah, there you go. Pun intended. I caught it. All right. (laughs) It's 640, which means we got to go in like 30 seconds. So, Dylan, thank you so much for joining us as The Shadow. It has been an absolute pleasure. Where can they find you on social media? So I'm on Dylan Price 27 on Twitter, and I do a podcast on my own called Ambitious with Dylan Price. If you want to check that out, feel free. And, uh, yeah, can't thank you guys enough. It's been great learning from you guys. And, yeah, listen to No Boundaries every week. There we go. He's going to kill it at the station. Zach, where can they follow you? There you go. I'll echo that, Dylan. It's been a pleasure. Um, appreciate the, the love you provide for our show. For sure. You can find me. At Zach Donaldson underscore on all platforms. You can follow the show's account at N Zero Boundaries. I forgot to send the tweet off last week, but it won't happen again. I'm going to be consistent with it. There we go. Affirmations. Uh, this has been No Boundaries. You can find me at Real C Griff on all socials, not the fake C Griff, the Real C Griff. But thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week at our normal time, hopefully, 6 15 here on Com Radio. Peace. <laughs>